Gibson, your hostess with the mostest, and this is the Laugh or Cry podcast. In this podcast, we'll talk about comedy, music, movies, TV, and all things pop culture. One thing for sure is you'll either laugh or cry. That is my personal philosophy. Everything that happens in life, you have two choices of how to react. You can either laugh or you can cry. I prefer to laugh because crying makes my eyes puffy. Today, we're going to talk about volcanoes, earthquakes, and fires. Oh, my. We'll also talk about the royal family, the Super Bowl, DJ Qualls, Harvey Weinstein, and R. Kelly. So, stay tuned. But first, we're going to start with On This Day in History, January 14th. 1934, more reports were coming in from Loch Ness in Scotland, where they make the strongest whiskey on Earth, from tourists and locals, both, of sightings of the Loch Ness Monster. It was described as a sea serpent, estimated to be roughly over 50 feet long, and the Secretary of State for Scotland forbade anyone from capturing or shooting the creature. So somebody was believing in it. On this day in 1942, Executive Order 4066 was signed reluctantly by Roosevelt, uh, signed uh, War Department's blanket executive order, which authorized the physical removal of all Japanese Americans into internment camps. Kind of seems like history is repeating itself with a different nationality, sad to say. In 1952, NBC's Today Show debuted on NBC, and this was the first show of its kind, but it's been copied not only in the U.S., but worldwide. In 1954, Marilyn Monroe married Joe DiMaggio. In 1963, George Wallace, not the comedian, but the former governor of Arkansas, his main motto for his campaign and the way he would run his state was segregation forever. Kind of wish he would have lost that one. Now, born on this day was Faye Dunaway, LL Cool J, and Jason Bateman. But sadly, on this day in 2016, we lost Alan Rickman from the famed Harry Potter movies and from Die Hard. He was my favorite, favorite Die Hard bad guy. Super Bowl is going to be coming up soon. I'm so super excited about the Tennessee Titans getting inching closer and closer to Super Bowl greatness, which we have not seen in a long, 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 long time. So I'm super excited about that. But they've kind of announced some people that are going to be playing in the Super Bowl halftime show. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. I like them fine. Don't get me wrong. But we were spoiled with Prince. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to put it out there. We've had some good halftime shows. Bruno Mars has been great. Tom Petty, fantastic. Uh, Of course, Michael Jackson. Who wouldn't love that one? We've had some great halftime shows, but I say personally, I was spoiled with Prince. Possibly, arguably, the greatest halftime show in Super Bowl history. And I'm sure anyone's going to pale in comparison next to them. I can't get into Beyonce. I can't get into Jennifer Lopez. I mean, I don't even know any songs they do, really, if I'm being truthfully honest. Shakira is cool as hell. I like her. Again, don't know anything she does. But uh, what's cool, Jennifer Lopez is 50. Oh my God, 50. So I got to aspire to look better in the upcoming year. She took the TikTok to showcase a bunch of young dancers busting out a routine uh, from her. I guess she's got a song called On the Floor. Real original. But uh, so I guess she's going to be part of our halftime entertainment. So yay. 
Now, recently, the Titans beat the Ravens, 28-12. to 12. Don't want to brag. So we're moving on uh, to the next rung in this championship series where we're going to be taking on the Chiefs on the 19th, so in a few days. <sighs> Trump sent out a congratulations to the Titans. He uh, tweeted over their victory over the Ravens on Saturday. He says, Congratulations to the great state of Tennessee. You've got yourself a fantastic football team. Big win last night. Way to go, Trump. You've screwed us. It happened with Alabama. Now it's going to happen with us. I hope you're happy. I wish he would keep his opinions to himself. Because you know that damn man does not watch football. You know he doesn't know a quarterback from a Big Mac, honestly, if I'm being quite honest. That's probably why he's only excited about football. He thinks there's food involved. Anyway, now kicking off the new year, there were some honesties being spurted about from actor DJ Walls, who came out of the closet. If you don't know him, he has been on tons of stuff. Road Trip, The Core, and he was recently on Comedy Central's The Jim Jeffries Show. And he basically came out. He tweeted... I believe this was in a tweet. He says, it's 1120, and I just came out on stage at Jim Jeffrey's show in San Diego. Yep, I'm gay. Been gay this whole time. Tired of worrying about what people would think of me. Tired about worrying about what it would do to my career. Bravo, my friend, bravo. What I love about DJ Qualls, the bravery. He's a great character actor, but he's from Manchester, Tennessee. Yeah. Your boy's a Tennessee native. So excited about that. I love the show My Name is Earl that was on NBC, and he was a guest star on there a few times, along with Ethan Supley. I'm probably butchering the last name. I think it's Supley. I always say Supley, and I think that's wrong. It's Supley. He was on Remember the Titans. Uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. But he recently lost a bunch of weight, and he's gotten, like, super mega buffed. He recently started a new podcast called American Glutton. And he talks about, you know, I know a lot of things about weight loss because I've lost a ton of weight and gained it back over the last 20 or so years. He said he's tried diets. Most of them failed, but he eventually, eventually figured out what worked for him. So he's gotten at least one, if not two episodes of the podcast out already. And I just listened to it. It is fantastic. He's best known for his role as Seth Ryan in American History X. Louie and Remember the Titans, Frankie and Boy Meets World. I totally forgot about him being on there. And Randy Hickey in My Name's Earl. So, and he was a Toby on The Wolf of Wall Street. So he's been in tons of stuff. And articles are popping out everywhere chronicling his weight loss and his super buffness that he's got going on right now. Even TMZ covered it. So, you know, that's big. Now, speaking of TMZ. R. Kelly. Oh my God. So I just finally watched the R. Kelly documentary. I think I found it on Netflix. Man, talk about a roller coaster of mixed emotions. At first, I'm like, man, I feel bad for the dude because sexually abused as a kid, blah, blah, blah. So some people, they, they act out in their adult life based on the trauma that happened to them when they were younger. But dude, he took it to a whole different level. I mean, yes, super, super going after the young chicks, not to mention cheating on his wife to begin with. 
So not only is he a crazy adulterer, he's a pedophile. Alleged pedophile. Now, R. Kelly's longtime living girlfriends, friends, more than one, punch, scratch, screamed at each other. I saw the video of it on TMZ, and the cops were called, and somebody, like, filmed the whole thing, right? So, uh, Ezreal Clary, she was live on social media when she and Jocelyn Savage, that both these people were in the documentary, came to blows at Kelly's Trump Tower condo in Chicago. Again, Trump can't stay out of trouble even when he's not part of it. Anyway, but it turns into a fight and just went on forever, right? Fists are flying, hairs being pulled. So if you watch the video, uh, Asriel's in the lighter colored sweater and Jocelyn's in the black. And each were like, bam, 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 like solid blows hitting. And at one point, Asriel even j- dragged Jocelyn across the floor. Oh my God, a little bit. She was going nuts. There were a bunch of people present when the fight finally got stopped and you know someone stepped in and broke it up. But TMZ broke the story. Once the cops showed up, they took Asriel to the hospital and Jocelyn later surrendered to cops and was booked for battery. Now, I find that funny because it seems like both of them started wailing. So both were, I guess, guilty of it. I'm not even sure exactly what they were fighting about other than someone was sleeping with someone. Uh, At one point, Asriel accused Jocelyn of sleeping with a minor. Uh, Basically, the uh, Joycelyn, I'm probably butchering her name, Joy, we'll call her Joy, that Joy was sleeping with a minor. She later claims that they were, meaning that the girls, lied for Rob, a.k.a. R. Kelly. As for Kelly's case... We're told, uh, TMZ was told that Asriel was seriously considered working with the federal pop prosecutors, but she was afraid that her previously lying to investigators would get her in legal trouble. Now, there's going to be a video coming out, which, uh, you know, a three-part documentary that's going to include this video, and it's called Precedence. It's currently in the works. Uh, it's going to be produced with Shabazz from the ASIS Entertainment Network, and it's going to feature Asriel, her family, and some of... Kelly's friends and family. Oh my God. So our Kelly, if you've seen the video that Asriel, she left home at 17. Uh, it basically hadn't seen her parents in years, but now she's back home with her parents and they celebrated at White Castle. I know I, every time I'm released from captivity, the first thing I want is a little square burger. So I think we can all relate to that. So she was 17 when she left her parents to go live with R. Kelly. And she and the other living girlfriend, Joycelyn, Jocelyn, Joy, we'll call her, have often spoken publicly in, the, in R. Kelly's defense, even as accusations of sexual abuse against him just grew and grew and grew out of that documentary, Surviving R. Kelly. Now, he was ultimately arrested on charges in three, count them, three states And he remains locked up in Illinois waiting for his trial. But I tell you, after the bizarre physical altercation between these two girls that was posted on Instagram last week, uh, the mom of Azriel has confirmed that she has returned home. So hopefully she's safe and sound and will pull her head out of her ass and not go back 
to that terrible situation because it's just crap on all sides. Now, speaking of pedophiles, Harvey Weinstein, his rape trial took a dramatic turn last Tuesday as a judge threatened to revoke his bail and jail him after catching him using a cell phone just as jury selection was getting underway. Oh my God, you are on trial for possibly a long time if you're convicted and you can't help it but be on your cell phone. I don't know if he was tweeting, texting, or what, but I'm like, dude, if at any time you should be acting right, this is the time. So he was released on bail, uh, Weinstein was, but was required to wear an electronic tracking device that people could see as he was arriving in court on Tuesday. Now, I love the judge, Judge James Burks. He says, when he's catching him on his cell phone, he goes, is this really the way you want to end up in jail for the rest of your life? By texting and violating a court order? You go, judge. You go. And to avoid TMZ and other paparazzi, it looks like Harry and Meghan say they're stepping back from the royal family. Now, the palace says it's complicated. I think uh, we've all had that status at one time or another. So, according to CNN, Prince Harry and Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, say they're stepping down from their role as senior members of the British royal family and plan to work towards becoming financially independent. Well, I'm so glad that he's he's moving out from his grandma's house. Going to make it out on his own. I don't think they're going to hurt for money. I really, I think they're two, those are two people who are going to be okay. All right. They say, after months of reflection and internal discussion, we have chosen to make a transition this year. He wrote this on, they, they wrote it on Instagram, explaining that they hope to carve out a progressive new role within this institution. So I guess they're not wanting to leave, but change where they're at. Uh, they say, we intend to step back as senior members of the royal family and work to become financially independent while continually to fully support Her Majesty the Queen, they said. Well, okay, so it's like I want to cut the cord, but I won't be too far away. Well, I, I, would, I wouldn't kick out that cash cow either myself if it was me. Now, Harry and Meghan, they, the problem is they didn't consult any other members of the royal family about their decision. So it was kind of like, surprise! There's said to be a mood of deep disappointment in the palace following this announcement. And that the family kind of are a little bit hurt by the news. Now, in a statement issued just hours after this Instagram post, which, oh my God, can you imagine finding out, oh, my family's going to be leaving via Instagram? Like, that's how you find out? That's like Phil Collins divorcing his wife by fax. You know, it's just kind of a little insensitive, I, I would say. But okay, so the that's when the Buckingham Palace said that the situation was complicated. Now, okay. So, in an unsigned royal communication statement, it says, Discussions with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are at an early stage. I guess I should do this in a British accent. We understand the desire to take on a different approach, but these are complicated issues that will take time to work through. Yeah, that's as good as my British accent's going to get for today. Anyway, in other social media posts, the couple reveal their plan to kind of split their time between the UK and North America. Doesn't sound like they're going to be in the US, though. It sounds like they're looking toward Canada, which makes sense because Megan lived there for six years while shooting 
the the show the suits. Uh, let me see. It says they wrote this great geographic balance will enable us to raise our son with an appreciation for the royal tradition in which he was born, while also providing our family with a space to focus on the next chapter, including the launch of our new charity entity. Oh, they're so cute. I mean, I'll have to say, growing up, I thought William was the hottie. I really do. But now that Harry's gotten older. He has uh, taken over the reins as the cute one. I know I shouldn't judge someone just on their looks, but also philanthropically, dude, could you be more caring about animals and children than Harry? I love him. He is his mother totally made over. All right. So uh, it goes on to say, we look forward to sharing the full details of this exciting new step in due course as we continue to collaborate with Her Majesty the Queen, the Prince of Wales, the Duke of Cambridge, and all relevant parties. Until then, please accept our deepest thanks for our continued support. Well, members of the royal family, now they're often criticized for not allowing enough public access, given that they're publicly funded. So, Basically, this is Megan and Harry saying, okay, this is the way you want to play? You want to be up in our business? All right, we're out. So they're taking a few steps back from their leading royals, and they'll be to, it seems like they, they're saying they no longer want to participate in the royal system, which is basically gives the UK broadcasters and newspapers total access to royal arrangements. So, I mean, suck it on your privacy. So I get that. I get, you know, you're wanting to raise your, your child in peace without cameras all the way around. Canada could be a good transition place for him. So the Queen has agreed to a period of transition in which the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will spend time in Canada and the UK. I guess she's okay with Canada. Doesn't mean, doesn't the UK still kind of own Canada? And how it works? I'm not really sure. See, we are not taught a lot about the world in American history and civics. So that's why most of us know Dick. All right. Anyway, now uh, the queen says she's entirely supportive of their desire for a new role, but would have preferred them to remain full-time working royals. She expects final decisions to be made in the upcoming days. <gasps> so it kind of sounds like Harry's in a bit of trouble. Mm, but you know, he's adorable. I'm sure he'll have her wrapped around his cute little red-headed finger. All right. So moving on. Oh, volcanoes, earthquakes, and fires. Oh, my. So volcanoes in the Philippines, earthquakes in Puerto Rico, fires in Australia. And these aren't just like little baby fires. They've killed dozens of people, killed a billion animals, billion with a B animals, destroyed thousands of buildings, and the fires, they can even be seen from space. That's how big of a problem this is. And it doesn't affect just Australia. It's going to affect the entire world. So going backing up, the Philippines authorities have urged a total evacuation of nearly a half a million people near the capital of uh, Manila. All right, here we go. Sorry, I'm butchering names again. Manila, an easy one, like the folder. After a volcano spewed ash for up to nine miles in the air, Sunday prompting warnings of a possible explosive eruption. That's scary as crap. 
I got a friend that loves to go on trips and stuff and they hike up to volcanoes. No, uh uh-uh, no. I've seen a lot of movies. It never ends well with volcanoes. No, thank you. So this volcano is about 37 miles south of uh, Manila on the island of Luzon, which I'm probably butchering that as well. So it's, but it's the capital, the country's most active volcano. Now images of the scene on Monday showed streams of lava beginning to gush out of the volcanic vent and the sky above was still thick and dark with ash clouds. That sounds frightening. The volcano isn't actually very big, but it's considered among the world's most dangerous. And it's, oh my gosh, that's got to be frightening for the people that are living there. Uh, Okay, on to even more horror. Uh, A 5.9 magnitude earthquake rattled Puerto Rico on Saturday. Now, Puerto Rico's already had tons of tremblers throughout the week, including a 6.4 magnitude earthquake on Tuesday that killed at least one man, destroyed homes, and left most of the island without power. Now, a 5.2 magnitude aftershock struck on Friday afternoon. So, as of Saturday afternoon, about 59,000 customers remain without power, uh, according to the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority. So, keep in mind, since December 28th, just a, a few weeks ago, about 500 earthquakes of a magnitude 2.0 or higher have hit Puerto Rico, who's still recovering from Hurricane Maria back in 2017. 500 earthquakes. Wrap that around your mind. So thousands of families have fled their homes, fearing that the structures might collapse during these aftershocks. People are sleeping in mattresses and tents. They're, they're setting up little camps and stadiums and fields even right next to highways. A baseball stadium uh, in Guanilla, if I'm saying that right, as well as public parks and schools across the southern towns have just become massive shelters in the last few days. Tons of people have been sleeping in cots, under tents, dozens of portable bathrooms have been set up. Imagine that. Imagine you have that many people without homes. We're talking tens and Tens of thousands of people, if not way more, that are having to stay in, in these kind of conditions. More than 6,000 people are, are staying in shelters. And that's just according to one of the reps. Uh, my gosh, that's blowing my mind. Puerto Rico is slightly more likely to be hit with a magnitude 6 or higher in the next week, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. After an intensive shock on Saturday that led the agency to tweak its statistical models. I mean, that is how bad it is. 500! That is insane to me. And then, moving on to Australia, almost a third of the koalas have been killed in the fires, and a third of their habitats been destroyed. The estimated deaths of more than 25,000 koalas have left Australians fearful of the fate of the country's native animal may end up in a functional extinction. Even, oh, Robert Irwin was in tears talking about it. Functional extinction, meaning like they're not extinct, but because of their habitat being demolished, they're kind of losing their ability to move on. So it's not impossible for them to become extinct. That's insane to me. 
Okay, a total of 27 people have died so far nationwide. And in the state of New South Wales, NSW, more than 2,000 homes have been destroyed or damaged. So in total, nearly 18 million acres have burned across Australia. 18 million acres. So the blazes have torn through the bushland, wooded areas, national parks like the Blue Mountains. Some of Australia's largest cities have also been affected. We're talking about Melbourne, Sydney, where fires have damaged homes in the outer suburbs. And thick, thick plumes of smoke have blanketed the urban areas. So we're not talking just out in the in the shrubs, you know, not out in the bush. It's also kind of that smoke is moving into the cities, making the air quality very dangerous. In early December, the smoke was so bad in Sydney that the air quality measured 11 times the hazardous level. Not not measuring hazardous, 11 times hazardous. I mean, people are going to be feeling the future problems just in respiratory issues, I'm certain, from all this. All this has been exacerbated by the persistent heat and drought, and many point to the climate change as a factor making natural disasters go from bad to worse. Now, natural causes are to blame most of the time, like lightning, strikes, and drought-affected forests. Dry lightning was responsible for starting a number of fires in Victoria's East uh, Gippsland region, if I'm pronouncing that right as well, uh, in December, which traveled, gosh, that traveled almost 12 and a half miles in just five hours, according to the state's emergency. Amer- uh, humans, let's be honest, humans have to be to blame as well. NSW police have charged at least 24 people with delib- deliberately starting brush fires and taken legal action against 183 people for fire-related offenses since November. So that's like if people you know start fires without the par- proper permits or things like that. But we're talking 24 people have deliberately started fires. Not just accidents, deliberate. So an Australian firefighter, I don't know how true this is, but I found an article that says an Australian firefighter has been charged with deliberately starting 17 wildfires while bailed on alleged sex offenses. Now, the unnamed man who was working with the Darwin River Unit for the county's northern territory was linked to 17 blazes by cops investigating suspicious bushfires. The man, who's about 27 years old, was linked to the fires thanks to an ankle tag that he was wearing as part of his bail conditions for alleged sex offenses. Australian detectives investigating the suspicious brush fires as part of the Operation Paringa, if I'm saying that right, arrested the man following a raid on his house on Tuesday, so last Tuesday. The accused lawyer argued that the prosecution's case was obviously circumstantial and that the firefighter had actually been battling the bushfires he was accused of lighting. Lawyers also stated that he didn't fit the loan profile of the arsonist because he holds a job as a mechanic and is involved in a relationship. Somebody's been watching their criminal minds. But on Wednesday, a judge refused his application for bail after receiving 33 pages of alleged facts compiled from data collected by his tracking device. The man has remained in custody and is due to appear in court in February. But if you want to help, donations can be made to several organizations working toward victim relief and recovery, including the Australian Red Cross, Salvation Army Australia, the NSW Rural Fire Service, 
and St. Vincent de Paul Society Australia. I would actually even love to see where the Irwins would recommend you donate money and, and time to. Because I'm all about the animals. Again, one billion animals have been devastated by this. Lost. Uh, sorry, it's been some ups, some downs. We've laughed, we've cried. But thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you like the show, please subscribe to the Laughter Cry podcast and give it a great rating. If you didn't like it, keep your damn mouth shut, all right? Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check out laughorcrypodcast.com. You can listen to Laugh or Cry on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere awesome podcasts can be heard. I'm Christy Itson, and you've been listening to Laugh or Cry.